Your life is you. Now we are hearing from the apostle that Christ will be our life. So he is not something at a distance. He is not something around us or with us. He is us. And so when we reach this point, we are willing to open the depths of our being to this Christ and to the body. And once again, there's another deep longing that no part of my being will be untouched by the time I meet the Lord. I don't want to reserve any part, any area for myself. So, Lord, I come to you as an open vessel designed by the creating God to be such a vessel unto honor. The meaning of my life is to contain you for your expression. And I don't agree with anything in me that's not you. Anything the enemy injected into me Anything that got into me because of my transgressions, anything of myself or my natural life, I don't agree that any of this be allowed to remain, but that, Lord, you would shine the light everywhere and you would touch everything and work yourself into the fiber of my being. Not so that I would be a specially spiritual person, but that I would just simply be a member of the body of Christ, part of the new man, a citizen in the kingdom, and part of the corporate counterpart of Christ and so this will be in our experience gradual level after level but the decision as to how much the Lord can work himself into us rests with us in Colossians 3, 16, or 15, Paul says, let the peace of Christ arbitrate in your hearts. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let. This is related to your giving permission. This is related to your will. The peace of Christ is here. 
to be the arbitrator in your heart, to settle all problems, disagreements, whatever, by peace. If there's no peace, then you need the cross. But we don't have to let this happen. To the extent to which we let the peace of Christ arbitrate, it arbitrates. The same thing with the word of Christ. Dwelling in you, the Greek word oikeo, make home in you. That word will settle in you, saturate you, permeate you. How much we let this happen is our personal decision. And in this matter, only an active decision uh, is workable. Passive acceptance does not. Passive agreement doesn't accomplish anything. Suppose a brother and sister have been a very have had a very sweet and divinely human courtship and they both have the common feeling the lord is bringing us together so he the man decides to propose so he comes to her with a box and in the box is a metal circle with a mineral on top and then in whatever way he wants to do this he says will you marry me I believe the Lord wants us together I love you will you marry me and she doesn't answer she doesn't say no she doesn't answer and so now he doesn't know what to do so you try it again Will you marry me? No answer. So eventually, you close the box and you say, I'll take you home. Passivity equals spiritual death. We do not need to try to activate willpower trying to draw on the power of the will to do something. But there must be the function of the will to make a decision. The Lord will never violate this principle. He only acts when we respond. So borrowing a verse (coughs) from Revelation 3. The Lord said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. So first you hear my voice. And then you open the door. 
because he will only respond to an active, positive decision. But let's suppose, we're using this metaphor, the door is open. He would still not enter in. He would knock. Maybe knock on the door frame. He would only come in when you hear him and, and open to him and walk to the door and receive him. But the enemy is active the most when we are passive. And one of his major strategies is to make people passive. Some are passive by disposition, but the enemy would use alcohol, he would use drugs, he would use so many things to make you passive. And then he just enters in and goes as far as he can because there's no resistance. It's only when we are awakened and we realize what's happening and have a proper anger with him, then we exercise our will to evict him, to say, any ground I gave to you, I nullify that. So I hope this helps us see how crucial it is that we live before our beloved Lord as open vessels, actively open. And our basic spiritual exercise from morning to night is in this sequence. First, we turn our heart to the Lord. The spirit is within the heart. It's the inner man of the heart. The heart is our representative. So if we try to exercise our spirit, but our heart is not turned to the Lord, there won't be much benefit. And so it's just part of my living. Lord, thank you for today. I turn my heart to you in faith and in love. And then to exercise our spirit. Regarding turning our heart to the Lord, I'd like to insert something for the comfort and encouragement of certain sincere but rather subjective saints you know especially some sisters but brothers are like this also and that is you are praying Lord I turn my heart to you and while you're praying you're analyzing your own prayer and so you're saying it and then you're thinking it am I really opening my heart to the Lord 
And so if that troubles you, here's a backup prayer. You can pray like this, Lord, cause my heart to turn toward you. You see, we are kind of a mysterious people. We believe in someone whom we've never seen. And we love someone whom we've never seen. The Lord said that I will be with you all the days. This is one of them. 